0: in the year 2020 global trade should be much more efficient digitized and modernized on a global scale
1: you're listening to payments innovation a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments you've come to the right place let's get into the show Welcome to another episode of the Payments Innovation Podcast. This is your host, Chris D'Antuano with Currency Cloud, And today, I'm excited to have the founder and CEO of ShopTalkie, Asni Fernando.
0: Asni, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Chris. I got to say, it's an honor just for being in this podcast, my first podcast ever.
1: Oh wow! I'm excited to bring you on, and really, you know, we we chatted before this, but there's a lot of really valuable information that we can speak about today with, with your knowledge and uh, what you guys are doing at, at ShopTalkie and what you're bringing to the B2B payments world. But instead of me trying to explain your background, why don't you go ahead and give our listeners a brief background about yourself, and then what brought you the concept to go out and, and on your own, you know, start up uh, Of course,
0: of course. ShopTalki is a startup that we are basically building a new type of distributed technolo- technology, which I like to call smart chain, to simplify the process of global trade payments for the entire financial industry through the help of collaborative AI. And this collaborative AI is basically to streamline and aggregate data and automate different processes. Now, I came up with this startup from years of experience of dealing in global trade since I was tired of the statistics that 70 to 80% of small businesses fail. I believe that you know if small businesses were able to globalize and buy and sell with confidence without any issues, they can be successful.
1: Yeah, that's. a I mean, it's a really good point. Now, when, when you say, I guess, bringing on seventy-five to eighty percent, you said mentioned is the failure rate. Is that correct?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Okay, so there's definitely a need in the market to 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 bring that to bring that down. Definitely. So, yeah. so, you know, there is a, a massive. Massive amounts of B two B payments companies out there, um, you know, specifically trying to solve maybe large enterprise businesses money movement, fi money movement in general. You know, h- how are you guys different? You know, I, I we you know talked about the the failure rates, but I uh, know how are you bringing that collaborative AI comparable to uh, the market, differentiating that with shop talking?
0: Of course. So as you know, th- there's so many different B two B payments out there, but the problem is they don't necessarily focus on uh, global trade payments, right? Yes, you know there's letter of credits, bank guarantees, and even ESCOs, but those fees are extremely high cost, lots of risk involved from fraud to uh, banks giving cloud time based on the terms of documents to slow process time to validate the overall deal and, and so forth. But the thing is, most of these payments are extremely outdated processes, especially that in the year 2020, global trade should be much more efficient, digitized, and modernized on a global scale. Now, you know, some of your listeners right now might be saying, okay, that's fine and dandy. We could use uh, wire transfers or checks to send uh, payments to the vendors. But I have to say, like, that's the issue. You know, there's a risk involved, and that is when dealing with global trade, you need to ensure that the person on the other side is a legitimate person and will honor, you know, shipping off the goods, because at the end of the day, you know, it's what you paid for, right? And the thing is, you know, B2B payments or, you know, uh, most specifically global trade payments, it's not simple as I send you 50,000 and you ship me the goods and that's it. I wish it was simple like buying from Amazon, but (laughs) that is not the case, right? There's there's a whole different amount of variables in place that hinders business opportunities. And having, you know, ever going costs due to these uh, pain points, all these variables that take place in global trade, it's safe to say that trust needs to be on to be able to do business. And usually you have to take a leap of faith that you are not getting screwed. And I guess that's that's where Shabtaki um, is kind of like different is because we're taking all these different attributes and having these collaborative AI doing all these different tasks to streamline that payment. So so you've just brought up a good point. That's- you just led into my next point, which is pretty great. But
1: the buzzword of AI, this you know, over the last couple of years, obviously in, in every industry, but even in even in fintech and B2B payments, you know, capturing those points of fraud and risk and automating that process. But you mentioned a keyword collaborative. Can you can you talk a bit about that and how that differentiates maybe just from AI itself?
0: Of course, of course. Uh, so I've mentioned earlier, you know, my company deals with collaborative AI, which is an extremely fancy buzzword. But, um, you know, I I could have just said AI like any other startup. And for those still listening and didn't get tired of my voice, I would say, please, please be extremely wary when a startup mentions AI and ask, you know, is it true AI that takes on decision making or just purely automation and analysis with uh, basic machine learning can handle? Make sure that they're able to explain and not just mindlessly saying AI for the sake of it. Now, the reason I mentioned collaborative AI is that each AI agent does a different task from KYC, compliance, AML, remittance, and much more. Basically, these AI agents are working together to streamline the transactions so it can be done in seconds instead of days. Imagine every time you do some type of B2B transactions, you will know that the deal will be compliant and that both parties are legitimate, this overall complex process can now be simplified. Now you can just focus on buying and selling of goods without worrying about all these different variables. And in regards to like the KYC component, the easiest way to overcoming that issue is a universal ID, which um, Shaptaki likes to call smart ID. Uh, basically, it's a digital identification where every interaction you do, regardless of industry, can determine if you're a real human being, and if you're a risk to do business with, or even to when you're lending money, right? Of course, at the same time, you know, we should be able to allow users to have control of their data, data because at the end of the day, we need to make sure that we all GDPR compliant, which I know all your financial institutions, that's like the biggest concern, right? In in, in Europe, uh, the European market. But I got to say, I mean, I, I believe collaborative AI and smart ID can simplify the overall global trade industry. Financial industry, especially banks, globally need to go fully digital and make sure that they encourage those that are too stubborn to adopt the benefit. You know, and notice that it's beneficial to transition digitally. If we continue to do global trade payments the way it is, then we're going to be continuing to suffer from losses of penalties, fines, and even just shrugging off the losses due to fraud. Which, you know, personally, I prefer gaining profit than you know uh, losing it to. All these losses. So yeah. So the, with the smart chain, is that running off a of blockchain technology? No, no, we are completely different type of distributed technology. Um, it, it's a, it's like a different mythology. Okay. Um, so do you
1: do you see? Because obviously, with different types of, I guess, I guess we could say crypto, but um, different types of ways to send money, whether it's consumer retail or now moving into B two B. Do you see? The blockchain, as far as helping with, you know, the efficient ways of sending B two B payments, you know, is that is that adding more risk? Is it reducing risk, cost? Uh, Could you talk a little bit about your experience? Obviously, collecting those variables, I'm sure you've learned a lot along the way. <laughs> uh, okay.
0: So yes, so I would say my answer would be kind of like a yes or no in regards to blockchain solving global trade issues. And I know my opinion would be uh, kind of biased because I'm building a new technology that I like to say, the next evolution of blockchain. But the thing is, the fundamental aspects of blockchain, yes, it creates transparencies and makes sure that all parties have the relevant info. But I believe that the fundamental methodology is extremely flawed. While immutable transactions seem like a great security feature, it's too rigid for the the, uh, real world business. You know, deals need to be dynamic. If you'll have situations where you'll have to alter a deal, reverse a transaction, or whatever the case may be, right? And the real world's always going to be constantly changing, right? You, you, cannot, you cannot be rigid, you know, once and for all. And I know, like, a lot of people have been hearing the term smart contract when they hear blockchain. The thing is, you know, these smart contracts are not really smart at all. You know, they're based on certain set protocols on how a transaction is being sent. But the thing is, what if there's change in a regulation and compliance when you're dealing with cross-border transaction? Would that transaction go through or would it not? And that's like the issue with blockchain, right? Uh, It it doesn't address those issues, which, of course, my company dealing collaborative AI would address those issues in real time if if that was to happen. And also, you know, security reasons, I would say that, Of course, you have like the 51% attack if, let's say like a certain organization has more control of the entire ecosystem than the other, it kind of like then changes the dynamic of the entire network. And those are like the things that you need to worry about if you're looking into the blockchain space. But I would say that, you know, do your due diligence, you know, Google, you know, uh, flaws in blockchain or blockchain being hacked because you'll see all the security issues with blockchain that needs to be addressed and solved before fully adopting it into OS. Your...
1: So to talk about the investment side. So I guess for companies that want to make a transition over to replace what they have today, I mean, obviously there's many moving pieces within how to cover these variables. Obviously there could be many providers uh, within that space. What does it take to to have someone be able to move over, uh, you know, that type of investment, that type of work, to move over to someone like to, to someone like you guys?
0: Shoptaki, you know, I would say like wouldn't require heavy investment. I, I can't really comment for other startups, but what I would say is that you need to be able to be flexible when you adapt to legacy systems. Because you know, let's be honest, most of these uh, Fortune 500 companies tend to be a little bit stubborn when uh, wanting to upgrade their entire infrastructure. A couple of years ago, you know, the ATM machine was still running on Windows 95, which is quite outdated, right? So there's a long way to go and you need to be able to uh, adapt to that. And then also, you know, a lot of these companies are now wanting to be industry standard, which is kind of like great, but then you're kind of like in defense on which company will be the main industry standard, right? So you need to be flexible to adapt to current standards as well. So it's going to be less uh, risk aversion when a bank or financial institutions adopt to this new type of technology
1: yeah then, as standards, I believe is that it's a constantly uh the requirements are changing, and so you exactly. know in order to get that buy in and then and then do you know do the work, and then you know maybe a year later, it's actually you know what we need to we need to change this again. you want to make sure that obviously that that you um, know that's what we do here uh, in, our, in our space at Currency con is that we try to create an open type of platform. Uh, where we can constantly innovate with and continue to scale. And it seems like you're doing that the same with your technology and, and what you're bringing. That's
0: the kind of win-win situation. That's all it is.
1: Yeah. And that's, the, that's the, you know, the, the beauty about where we're heading as far as open banking. Obviously, there's a lot of areas that need to be figured out within that space. But I, I, you know we've always been at the forefront of that collaboration. And that's why you know, this discussion itself, it's, uh, it's always exciting to speak to, to, to companies doing the same with, with product innovation. So, you know, I guess to, to close out our, our conversation here, you know, uh, learned a lot about, you know, what, what you guys are bringing to the table. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited to see, y- you know, you grow. But as far as where you're, you're focused, obviously, it's in, it's in global trade, right? Are you making it's very specific and a, and a section within Global trade? Are you looking at the whole market and looking to innovate within each of those areas within within
0: I guess B two B trade? Well, I have to say, in a more ambitious way, I would say like the entire the entire picture, because like the thing is like we need to see it as a holistic overview where everything is interconnected. If we were to focus purely on a singular perspective, which you know business conventional wisdom would say that's what you should do, then what's going to happen is that you're going to be technology is going to be even more complex, right? You, you'll you have different components where people are trying to figure out which one to utilize. But if you have like an overall system that does each of these components and aggregates it into like a infrastructure network, then it becomes much more efficient and much more cost-effective way. Right?
1: Yeah, it, it, it's definitely a way, it, it's definitely unconventional way looking at it, but I am totally behind, you know, your approach here. Especially when it's constantly moving, and I think um, when you're working or partnering with specific companies who are focused on specific segments, there they're not able to focus on the other side, and that's where your value becomes ten times more valuable because of that expertise that you're bringing to that whole scope of uh, of that area. So, no props to you. We need to be able to
0: work together, So definitely. Of course,
1: course. well, Asni, it was a pleasure to have you on today. We Some really good information for our listeners. I'm excited to pleasure share as well. It out, uh, as well, just for our listeners here. And we'll post it in our, in our write up in our blog area, but what is the best way to get in contact with you uh, at Shoptaki?
0: Uh, so, yeah, you could uh, email me at asne, uh, A-S-N-E-E at shoptaki.com. And you could just go to the website, uh, shoptaki.com with on your website, you could get the spelling, but it's S-H-O-P-T-A-K-I.com. Excellent. Well, pleasure to have you on. Thanks again. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.
1: Currency Cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses. We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at currencycloud.com you've been listening to the payments innovation podcast to ensure that you never miss an episode subscribe now in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening
0: until next time.